developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Mm-hmm. All right, it's coming. Hold on. All right, three... Two, one. Uh, all right. August night and the leaves hanging down and the grass on the ground smelling sweet. Thank <laughs> you. 
Okay, I'm here. It's Brother Love Salvation Show, ladies and gentlemen. Howard from Neil Diamond from 1969. Fifty years ago this year it was released, ladies and gentlemen, as Neil Diamond was just starting out on its own, ladies and gentlemen. And yes, folks, we are just two weeks away to Christmas Eve, and we are rocking and rolling, however, with four episodes to go till the magic number 200. Yes, folks, welcome to episode number 197 of Wrestling Revisited for Tuesday night, December the 10th, 2019. I am your host, the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, letting his arsenal on the guitar, ladies and gentlemen, is the human suplex machine as I am singing vocals, the one and only from Front Row, Virginia, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. John Gross. John, good evening to you, sir. Yeah, it's good being here. <laughs> and, of course, we have got a lot to talk about this evening, so we are ready to go, however, believe it or not. However, one six zero five, ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, however, five six two zero four four four. call ID one three three. Nine two one three nine nine two five pound, ladies and gentlemen, and you can join us right now, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, sorry about that. You have, we will have a lot to talk about this evening, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, we're definitely going to be talking with you all here tonight. Of course, as you know, we will be hitting hopefully number two hundred here, just less than four weeks from now on New Year's Eve on the final show of 2019 to begin the new year, 2020, a new decade and a new year, let's just say, and we'll keep you up to date with that story. But tonight we're going to talk about Monday Night Raw, what was a very interesting show last night in Greenville, South Carolina. We'll also tell you about our moment we picked tonight. We are also hopefully expecting the king and queen of Madness, GTS and MLB, Gerard T. Smith and Michelle Lindodds, that is. Also the Heartbreak Kid, Fonzie, along with Mr. WCW, Chad Hinshaw, hopefully we'll be swinging by as well. But John, as we said, TLC is this Sunday, of course, and of course that stands for tables, ladders, and chairs. But after what I saw last night, I think you can say it's totally lackluster crap, let's just say. As we found out last night in Greenville, that's what it stood for in more ways than one. Your thoughts about what was a very disastrous, uh, let's say, I wouldn't say grouchy, but I would say more like uh, grabby show in Greenville. Just a total, absolutely disaster of a show last night in South Carolina. Your thoughts about last I... night's show in Greenville? Yeah, it was bad to say the least. And of course, a lot of people are still. I think it's about com- I think it's time that Vince steps down. Yes. Well, we'll see what happens. Because if he doesn't, I mean, he's going to find himself in a prison yes. cell if he continues to do this again. Well, I wouldn't say prison sells the war, but yeah, it does sound like it. You're right, though, John. I mean, last night we saw what happened at the beginning of the show involving Rusev, Lana, and Bobby mm-hmm. Lashley. That match has now been signed for this Sunday at TLC, which we'll talk about tonight on Revolution 9 o'clock. John will have the birthdays in HGTS, and I will have your news headlines for you. one three eight zero five five caller ID, by the way. And then, of course, we'll talk more about on Wolfpack this Thursday, one three eight five two one pound John, again, will supply the birthdays in HGTS, and I will have your news headlines for you. Well, this Friday, folks, we might have our TLC production and maybe also some talk about it as well with some bets as well. Be sure to check out Revolution this Friday, 138055-pound. Also, this Sunday will be a very special day, 5 p.m., with the uh, TLC prediction show. Of course, we will have more discussion about that coming up at 9 o'clock tonight with Mr. WCW himself. Of course, Sunday will also be a very special day, however, for one particular person, however, here on our panel. And we're not going to say who it is, however, but let's just say it's a very special day indeed. We will talk more about that as we go along. And then, of course, this Monday, we'll look back at TLC on Raw Radio, one three eight seven four four caller ID. Plus, we'll give you our Raw ratings and predictions for the next two weeks as they will be taping Raw this Monday. Following a live edition of Raw, however, for the Christmas edition, plus give you our Monday Night Football score predictions and everything, because we will be having a lot to discuss, however, 
coming up with what 2020 holds for all of us, Howard, after we gave you some of our least fair moments of 2019, Howard, yesterday on Raw Radio. The call ID is 138744-pound. John, myself, Fonzie, and Alice Pinkin, Al Patel, Mr. WCW, of course, along with GTS and MLB, will be joining us along with Anne Marie Rickenbach, the Empress, and also the big IQ Jeff Peters in the Rush Ronda Rush Wright. So, folks, the fun will begin at 3 p.m. this Monday. Be sure to check that out as we will have a lot to discuss this coming next Monday. As we said, folks, we saw what happened with Rusev and Lana at the beginning of the show, John, but the other story that everyone's talking about is what happened towards the end of the show when Rey Mysterio took on AJ Styles for the U.S. title, and as a result, apparently they did not show a replay, and because of this, however, a lot of people were said to be very miffed off about what happened because of this. Let's get your thoughts about what happened at the tail end of Raw, as a lot of people were left in the dark, especially after what happened, as we cut off Raw exactly about a minute and a half early from 11 p.m. last night. I know you addressed this on your podcast last night, I'm sure. Yeah, what was Vince thinking? What was his racist I don't know. thinking? I don't I'm know. I'm telling you, J.D., he's close to, to a prison. He's close to getting arrested. Yep. Well, I just want to see what he did. And I know what will not hesitate playing this scene once again. Yep. Well, a lot of people were not very happy about what Vince did last night, and of course he had for, for good reason. But a lot of people think that some of the segments went a little too long than expected, however. But we'll talk more about that, uh, ladies and gentlemen, of course, on Revolu- uh, Revolution tonight. Be sure to check that out at 9 p.m. Also tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, we will have our AEW NXT Week 10 debate from Corpus Christi, Texas, or Garland, Texas, if you will. AEW, of course, setting up for the big show coming up a week from Wednesday. Of course, the big match that everyone's talking about on tomorrow night on AEW will be who will Chris Jericho face before his big matchup with Jungle Boy coming up a week from Wednesday in Corpus Christi. But also, folks, NXT promised to be a good show tomorrow night. We will find out who will face Adam Cole next week, folks, in a three-way dance tomorrow night at Full Sail, ladies and gentlemen, as it will be the uh, Demon Slayer King himself, Prince Pretty himself, or should I say Prince Fergal David, if you will, Finn Balor, better known to you all, uh, his wrestling name, of course, will compete against the Sicilian stretcher man himself, the former co-leader of DIY, Tommaso Chiappa, Howard, in his quest to get Goldie back against the newcomer, Keith Lee, who has been on fire as of late. The question is, who will face Adam Cole for that belt? We will find out tomorrow night in that triple threat. Also, the build-up of Shayna Baszler, Rhea Ripley for the women's title. Howard continues, of course, Rhea Ripley looking to uh, basically not tap out to the submission magician, however, the Queen of Spades here right before Christmas. She hopes to spoil her Christmas, if you will, by becoming the new magician and also make uh, the current uh, long-term NXT Women's Champion, Shayna Baszler, who I'm sure will have her minions with her, Jasmine Duke and Marina Shafir at ringside, unless William Regal tells her not to bring them to ringside out next Wednesday at Full Sail. But uh-huh. next week, folks, it is going to be an exciting AEW NXT war, but tomorrow night also promised to be very interesting at Full Sail. Plus, we're going to have excitement galore from Garland, Texas tomorrow night. And speaking of AEW, ladies and gentlemen, they, of course, will be putting tickets on sale this Friday morning for shows February 5 and 12 in Birmingham, Alabama at the Von Braun Jefferson Civic Center and Austin, Texas, ladies and gentlemen, on the campus of UT, if you will, as AEW will return to the Lone Star State and also make its first appearance in Alabama in early February. John, your thoughts about this uh, big uh, breaking uh, news story that we heard earlier uh, yesterday during Raw Radio. Should, should be good. Indeed. Indeed. And, of course, we're going to keep you up to that uh, story, of course. As you know, of course, a lot of people talking about the... Uh, I'll tell you all what happened to Vince if he continues to screw the WWE up again. 
Yes. Well, like I said, there was a lot of people okay. talking about what Vince did last night, folks, and it was very interesting. However, let's just say. Also, we want to remind you, ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, this is just coming in. John, you're going to like hearing this story, ladies and gentlemen. Coming up, ladies and gentlemen, on uh, Friday, January 24th, ladies and gentlemen, the superstars of the SmackDown brand will be attending uh, doing a show in Dallas, Texas, right before the World Rumble. Tickets will go on sale this Friday morning, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, this Friday in Big D at the American Airlines Center. Also, ladies and gentlemen, this Friday, tickets go on sale for the SmackDown show as we return to San Jose. Yes, folks, do you know the way to San Jose or San Jose, Silicon Valley at the SAP Center? We are coming to you live Friday night, February the 7th, ladies and gentlemen, and tickets will go on sale for that big show, ladies and gentlemen. Coming up, however, this yeah, Friday, ladies and gentlemen. For February 7th, however, in San Jose, it is going to be very exciting. We already told you where we're going to be, of course, ladies and gentlemen, however, as far as the end of the year goes. But, folks, I believe we do have an update on where we're going to be, however, to start February, however, believe it or not, as we already have some dates uh, picked out for January. We already told you that coming up, of course, uh, Monday, Friday, January 3rd, the Superstars will be invading Memphis, Tennessee, at the FedEx Forum for the first SmackDown 2020. Meanwhile, Monday, January 6th, the first Raw of the year will be live at the Chesapeake Energy Arena, ladies and gentlemen, in Oklahoma City, ladies and gentlemen. Tickets went on sale last week for that. Also, ladies and gentlemen, Friday, January 10th, the Superstars invade the Ford Center in Evansville, Indiana. Tickets went on sale just a couple weeks ago for that show. Monday, January 13th, the night of the National Championship College football game, ladies and gentlemen. Monday Night Raw will be coming to you live from Lexington, Kentucky, on the home of the Wildcats, if you will, as we head to Rupp Arena. Yes, folks, the home of the U.K. Big Blue Wildcats, ladies and gentlemen, will be welcoming to Monday Night Raw once again on Monday, January 13th. Then Friday, January 17th, I know for a fact that uh, Mr. WCW did tell us this news, however. Him and his good friend, our good friend, Big Bad Bob Ziggler, Mr. Hulkamania himself, will be attending the SmackDown show on Friday the 17th live from the Greensboro Coliseum. Yes, folks, SmackDown will be coming to you live for the first time in a long time, ladies and gentlemen, from the home of uh, the National Wrestling Alliance in Mid-Atlantic Wrestling, if you will, Greensboro, North Carolina, on January 17th, ladies and gentlemen. And then, of course, coming up Monday, January 20th, ladies and gentlemen, we will invade Wichita at the Intrust Bank Arena, ladies and gentlemen, in Wichita, Kansas, ladies and gentlemen. And, of course, we already told you where we're going to be to close out the month of... uh, January, ladies and gentlemen. We do also have an update, ladies and gentlemen, with some of the superstars where we're going to check out of the action in February, John, so you might want to hold on your seats because here is where we're going to be starting out in February. Monday night, February 3rd, Salt Lake City at the Smart Home Arena in Salt Lake City, Utah. Tickets will go on sale two weeks on Saturday, ladies and gentlemen, right before Christmas, however, in Salt Lake City. That'll be coming up the day after the Super Bowl, Monday, February the 3rd. Then, as we told you, we'll be in San Jose, February 7th. That should be a very exciting show for SmackDown. Uh, live there that Friday night. Then, folks, are you ready for this? Monday, February 10th, however, we return to California. Yes, folks, we return to the golden state of California, this time to the small town of Ontario, California, at the Toyota Arena, making their first appearance there in Ontario. And tickets will go on sale, ladies and gentlemen, the Saturday after Christmas for that event, ladies and gentlemen. As far as the date goes, it again will be held Monday, February 10th. And then, Valentine's Day. Are you ready for this, folks? Friday, February 14th, Vancouver, British Columbia. For the first time ever, SmackDown heads to Western Canada in Vancouver, ladies and gentlemen, at the Rogers Arena, the home of the Vancouver Canucks, ladies and gentlemen, and tickets will go on sale two weeks from this Friday, ladies and gentlemen, the Friday after Christmas for that event, however, in Vancouver. And then, folks, we're not done yet. Oh, no, no, no. We're not done yet. Monday, February 17th, ladies and gentlemen, we return back, however, to the Everett, Washington, just outside Seattle, ladies and gentlemen, as we return to the Angel of the Winds Arena. We were back there last this past June. We are returning again with another edition of Monday Night Raw coming up on Monday, February 17th from Everett. And then, folks, 
Friday, February 21st, live from Glendale, Arizona, at the Gila River Arena. Ladies and gentlemen, how are, we will be coming to you live, ladies and gentlemen, just outside of Phoenix and uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, ladies and gentlemen, in Glendale, ladies and gentlemen. Tickets will go on sale for that show, ladies and gentlemen, oddly enough, how are, Friday, January 3rd, less than uh, three weeks from this Friday, ladies and gentlemen, in Glendale, and then we close out February in a big way, ladies and gentlemen, and here's where we're going to be. Monday, February 24th, for the first time ever, Monday Night Raw again, heads Western Canada in a big way. This time it's not Calgary, it's not Edmonton, Howard, and no, it's not Vancouver, although SmackDown will be in Vancouver on Valentine's Day. It'll be in Winnipeg. Yes, folks, at the Bell MTS place for the first time ever, Monday Night Raw will be returning, will be coming to you live from the Bell MTS place, however, in Winnipeg on Monday night, February 24th, and then Friday, February 28th, ladies and gentlemen, we return to Beantown. Yes, folks, Boston, Massachusetts. Get ready. We're coming back to you in the home of the Red Sox, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Excuse me, Boston, Massachusetts on February 28th. Now, tickets for the Winnipeg and Boston show, ladies and gentlemen, will go on sale, believe it or not, Howard, coming up, ladies and gentlemen, on Friday, January 10th, and Saturday, January 11th, respectively, less than four weeks from this coming Friday, Howard. So, again, just a quick reminder, the 24th and 28th tickets will go on sale the 10th and 11th of January for those dates, Howard, coming up right after the holiday season, Howard. But coming up, ladies and gentlemen, this uh, two weeks from Friday, ladies and gentlemen, tickets will go on sale the Friday after Christmas for the show in Vancouver that will be held on Valentine's Day, February 14th. And also, ladies and gentlemen, the Saturday after Christmas, ladies and gentlemen, for the Monday, February 10th show in Ontario. That's coming up this February, ladies and gentlemen. Also, we have heard, ladies and gentlemen, we are trying to find out more dates, Howard, but we can tell you that one date has been confirmed to us as of now, ladies and gentlemen. Sunday, March the 8th, get this on your calendar right now, ladies and gentlemen, Sunday, March the 8th, we return to the home of Rocky Balboa, Cheese Steak, and the Liberty Bellwin will be ring, ring, ringing it all night long, ladies and gentlemen, as tickets will go on sale this Friday for the Elimination Chamber, ladies and gentlemen, as it returns to the home of our good friend, Big, D- Big Diesel, Gregory Kramer's neck of the woods, the home of extreme, if you will, Philadelphia. Pennsylvania, ladies and gentlemen, as the Elimination Chamber will be coming to you live Sunday, March the 8th from Philadelphia. Now, I have heard early reports say that possibly, maybe, I have not been able to confirm it yet, though, that either Monday night, March the 9th, Monday night, Raw will be coming to you live from the Capital One Arena in John's Neck of the Woods, just outside the nation's capital, or it could be coming to you live from Pittsburgh at the PPG Paints Arena in my hometown of Pittsburgh. We have not been able to confirm on either of those dates yet, but we can tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that tickets will go on sale for that, Howard, coming up, believe it or not, on March the 8th, ladies and gentlemen, this Friday. And, folks, are you ready for this? And I know, John, you've got to hear this one. This is going to be a doozy. Coming up, ladies and gentlemen, Howard, believe it or not, I just had it. Just give me a second here. Okay, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, Friday, March the 27th. That's March the 27th, the Friday before WrestleMania, ladies and gentlemen, the week before WrestleMania. We're going to be back in Chicago. Yes, folks, Chi-Town, get ready. We are coming back to you again, ladies and gentlemen, in late March, however, right before WrestleMania, the Friday before WrestleMania, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, a week before, however, as SmackDown will come to you live, ladies and gentlemen, in Chi-Town. And tickets to that show, ladies and gentlemen, will go on sale, ladies and gentlemen, coming up, ladies and gentlemen, on Friday, January 17th. That's Friday, January 17th, ladies and gentlemen. How are five weeks from this Friday, ladies and gentlemen, when tickets go on sale, how are for the SmackDown show in Chicago. In addition to that, ladies and gentlemen, the next day, 
Saturday, January 18th. Tickets will go on sale for this event, Howard, ladies and gentlemen, and it has been confirmed to us as well, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, folks, Howard, tickets will go on sale, Howard, for Monday Night Raw in Hotlanta. Yes, folks, right before we head to Tampa, ladies and gentlemen, we will be heading to Hotlanta, GA, ladies and gentlemen, as the Monday Night Raw show will stop in Atlanta, ladies and gentlemen, Howard, in the Peachtree State, ladies and gentlemen, Atlanta, Georgia. Tickets go on sale five weeks from this Saturday, ladies and gentlemen, on uh, January 18th, ladies and gentlemen. That will be a very exciting show in Atlanta, Georgia, for the show Monday night, hour, March the 30th. And then, folks, also this Friday, tickets will go on sale for the following events. The Hall of Fame, Howard, will be going on sale. NXT TakeOver, ladies and gentlemen, Howard, coming up on the 4th of February. SmackDown Live, of course, Howard, the night after the Hall of Fame, April the 3rd. WrestleMania tickets are already on sale, Howard, and you can still get some tickets if you're lucky enough to get those, Howard. But also, folks, coming up Monday, April the 6th, ladies and gentlemen, the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania 36, we will be coming to you live from the Emil Arena. And yes, folks, Howard, I will be leaving possibly. I don't know yet. I mean, there's still really speculation about this, folks. But I could be gone, Howard, from Thursday, April 2nd, ladies and gentlemen, until April 7th. So that means, folks... That Monday after WrestleMania, possibly, unless something changes before then, folks, I will be live on remote location, ladies and gentlemen, in Tampa covering WrestleMania 36 and Monday Night Raw from the Sunshine State of Florida and our good friend, the Rattlesnake at Nell Patel's neck of the woods, ladies and gentlemen, of Tampa, Florida. You can bet it is going to be very, very exciting. We're going to have a lot to discuss, however. And uh, we're back with John now as we welcome John back again. But, John, as I said, however, we have a lot of things to take no problem. That's right. But, uh, John, as I said, we have a lot of dates coming up, Howard, including appearances returning to Chicago, okay, now but also you? new appearances. Washington, D.C. going to be at? I heard the other Well, as of now, there is... Okay. Well, there has been speculation talk. I mean, I haven't been able to confirm it yet. There's been talk. It could be either. Monday night, March the 9th, the night after the Elimination Chamber of Monday Night Raw, or in my hometown of Pittsburgh. If not, Howard... One of those two cities could get SmackDown that Friday, the Friday before St. Patrick's Day, oh. believe it or not, which would, which would be, uh, yeah, Friday, March 13th. So we will keep you up to date with that. But we do know that tickets will go on sale this Friday for the Elimination Chamber in Philly. We know the Hall of Fame tickets are going on sale this Friday, as well as TakeOver and also Monday Night Raw in Tampa. Plus, of course, in the next few weeks, we understand tickets will be going on sale. And, of course, Chicago again, Hotland and GA, however, if you will, Winnipeg, Vancouver, British Columbia, some new places hitting the market. We're definitely starting 2020 with a big bang going into the new year. And it all begins, Howard, with a very exciting first edition of SmackDown, Friday night, January the 3rd, as we will be in Memphis coming up three weeks from this Friday, and then three weeks from this coming next Monday, we will start off our new decade in our first Raw 2020 in good old JR's hometown of Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Yes. Well, speaking of Oklahoma, ladies and gentlemen, we're getting ready to tell you right now our moment of the night, ladies and gentlemen, and believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, it is going to be a great one. However, we hope you enjoy it. And tonight, folks, we're going to take you back, ladies and gentlemen, to some of the greatest steel cage matches of all time. I figure this would be a good one, however, ladies and gentlemen, for the Christmas holiday season. I think everyone will enjoy this. So, folks, strap in your seatbelts. Get ready to enjoy what will no doubt be a very exciting discussion out of some of the greatest steel cage matches of all time, as we will share it here and now on episode number 197 of Wrestling Revisit. Of course, the DVD, as you know, came out, ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, looking at it right now, believe it or not, back in June of 2011, 
And, of course, Josh Matthews, ladies and gentlemen, of course, is your host of the show, Howard. So let's talk about what matches were on this very first of three discs at Mental Doubt. We'll definitely have a lot of memories to share. Of course, uh, Josh tells us, Howard, believe it or not, that the first ever steel cage match happened between Jack Bloomfield and Count Pietro Rossi back in June of 1937 in what was described at the time as, quote, a chicken wire match because at the time, Howard, it was made out of chicken wire. But fast forward the clock now, ladies and gentlemen, however, literally to about 40 years later to see the very first ever steel cage match in history. This is also on the Bloodbath DVD that the WWE released about several years ago. It is the World Heavyweight Champion, ladies and gentlemen, Bobby Backlund and his manager, the Golden Boy Arnold Skolan, taking on former Vince McMahon Stooge and legendary Intercontinental Champion, the first ever IC Champion, Pat Patterson. This was from September of 1979, ladies and gentlemen, and no doubt this was a very intense match to say the least. Backlund had been champion since the previous February after winning it from, of all people, superstar Billy Graham, however, in the Garden, however, who, of course, had won the title back in 1977 in Baltimore, Maryland, um, then champion Bruno San Martino, who was in the middle of his second reign. As a result, Howard Backlund is, of course, with his manager, Skolan, while Patterson is no, not with his manager at this time. Howard Lou Albano, of course, or the Grand Wizard of Wrestling, Ernie Roth, who would be managing Patterson at one time, both of them at, at one time. But on this night, Patterson is by himself. Of course, Patterson had been the Intercontinental Champion just a few months before this, Howard, by winning the first ever IC title. So this was pretty much belt versus belt, Howard, but this was also a war, to say the least, considering that Patterson had not actually liked Backlund, had not trusted Backlund whatsoever, considering the fact he had come by way of the old AWA territory, however, with his good friend Ray the Crippler Stevens, if you will. As a result, Howard Patterson and Backlund definitely had a war, however, to say the least. And as a result, this was a pretty good opening contest, if you ask me, however. And as a result, we saw Backlund win here and retain the title. John, your thoughts about Backlund and Pat Patterson to start out here in our first match of the Steel Cage. Uh, that was okay. Yes, I would agree. I would agree there. Up next, ladies and gentlemen, another very unique match, however. We fast forward the clock three years later, ladies and gentlemen, to June of 1982. However, ladies and gentlemen, it is Pat Patterson, excuse me, not Pat Patterson, it's Bob Backlund in action again, this time taking on Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Backlund, of course, had had one of his greatest matches of the early 80s. However, still is the champion earlier that year with the great Ken Patera in a Texas death match, which many people, including Dave Meltzer, voted as the match of the year, and probably one of the best matches of the 80s period, and I would have to agree. This was a very intense match, no question about But Snuka at the time was being matched by a guy that uh, Backlund knew all too well, Howard, during his time as champion. Of course, that was the legendary Captain Louis Albano, if you will. As a result, Backlund is with his manager, the Golden Boy, of course, going into this match, and as a result, we see what happens here. As a result, however, this turned out to be a very interesting match, however, mind you, however, but once again, Backlund somehow escapes the cage with the title still intact, however, and as a result, picks up the victory here against Schnucka. Your thoughts about Backlund and Schnucka? Now, was this when Schnucka attempted to uh, hand him with a lash off the cage? No, that would be three years later in 1983. This was uh, 1980, early 1980. No, this was three years uh, before the infamous uh, Morocco cage match, which we will talk about, and that is still one of the greatest cage oh, okay. matches I have ever seen. But no, this was when Sukkah was being matched by Captain Lou at the time, Howard. Captain Lou had brought him in, I guess, from Mid-Atlantic at the time, Howard, to get his first early big run in and challenge Backlund for the title. All right. You have a yeah. very good point there, huh? Mm-hmm. Yes, right. I did. Yeah, very good point there, John. Yes, very good point indeed, John. Up next, 
Another great match, however. Two guys, however, who also had a pretty interesting feud throughout 1980, however, teacher and student, if you will, both from my hometown of Pittsburgh. The living legend Bruno San Martino taking, of course, on his protege, Larry Sabisco, in Shea State in front of 36,000 people. The same night Hogan met Andre for the first time in a big outdoor stadium, if you will. Well, we saw what happened when Sabisco attacked Larry earlier in the year, Howard, and now is demanding war against his former teacher, if you will, Howard. And as a result, this was voted the co uh, feud of the year. That being said, Howard Sabisco, however, mind you, however, ends up beating his student, Larry Sabisco. Your thoughts about this feud between Sabisco and Bruno at Shea in August of 80, just about two months after the infamous Snooker Backland Cage War at the Garden? I guess the teacher didn't. I guess the student didn't beat the teacher. <laughs> no, he did not. No, he did not. Very good point indeed. Of course, uh, Sabisco would stick around just a little longer before going off to bigger and better things. We know what Bruno would do later on down the road as an announcer and also continue to wrestle hard. And he also teaches his son, a good friend of mine, the legend, his son, David San Martino, who, of course, Bruno passing away just a year ago. Uh, of course, ladies and gentlemen, of course, there are signs here in Pittsburgh, however, throughout my area in honor of the great Bruno San Martino. And speaking of Bruno, we understand a movie of his legacy will be coming out next year, ladies and gentlemen, to celebrate, no doubt, what was a very exciting, unique uh, wrestling career, both in and out of the ring, however. Of course, as you know, he had four children, including sons David, Daryl, and I believe two others, if you will. But nevertheless, a very interesting match. Very good point there, John. Thank you very much. Up next, probably one of the better cage matches of this uh, DVD set. This was actually a war, to say the least. The NWA Mid-Atlantic World Heavyweight Champion, Ric Flair, who had won the title from Dusty Rhodes in Kansas City the year before, took on one of the Von Erichs in one of his very first encounters, however, in Dallas at the Reunion Arena. Michael P.S. Hayes, however, believe it or not, was the special referee. Of course, Kerry and Rick had met earlier that summer in a classic two out three falls match to set this match up. The Freebirds, of course, were considered favorites and good friends of the Von Erich, but as a result, we would see that all change on this night, however. And let's just say Ric Flair ruined Kerry Von Erich's Christmas and also Von Erich's evening, if you will, as Flair won the match in what was no doubt a very physical and probably one of the best cage matches of 1982 year, however, between him and Kerry Von Erich. Of course, we would see the Von Erich Freebird feud kick off shortly thereafter. Your thoughts about Kerry Von Erich and uh, Ric Flair, the first meeting back in 82 at Reunion Arena? You know, this signals the term. You have good friends when the Von Erichs were friends with the, with the Freebird, and now they're bitter enemies when when the Freebirds cost Von Erich the title. Yes, and as you know, the uh, Freebirds were not very popular in Texas a lot. However, they were well-loved in Georgia, however, in Georgia Championship Wrestling. But when it came to WCCW in Texas, they were not very well-received, shall we say, if you will. That's when, the, ball, very that's when the whole ball... That's when the whole, whole ball game changed. Oh, we yes. We one of the best yes, you're right. in the history of WCCW. No question. I would agree. Yes, very, very good point, John. Yes, you're right. I would agree there. Up next, another great uh, steel cage match. Uh, two big Russians, of course, the Russian bear Ivan Koloff and his uh, nephew Nikita the Nightmare with Crusher Khrushchev Barry Darso, who, of course, competed in Starcade 85 earlier in the evening, taking on the Rock and Roll Express how with their friend Don Cronoodle. We saw what happened, of course, let's just say, uh, mind you, here, as Cronoodle, of course, had had some issues with, at one point, the Rock and Roll Express, but had actually sided with them after uh, 
Ivan Kolov kicked Kernoodle to the curb, if you will, however, despite the fact that Kernoodle was trying to be friends with the Russian bear. As a result, we saw these two go at it here in the Army in Atlanta. As a result, however, Gibson and company end up winning the titles. How the crowd goes nuts, however? Uh, your thoughts about this one, however, involving the Russians and also the Rock and Roll Express in the Army? Cool. Yeah, it was okay. Was what it was. Yes, I would agree. I would agree. Up next, another great steel cage match, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, you talk about uh, the Freebirds that we talked about a moment ago, ladies and gentlemen. They are taking on now the Road Warriors. The Freebirds that end up costing the Road Warriors the AW titles, however, and they fought, however, with one another at Russell Rock 86, however, two weeks after WrestleMania uh, two, if you will, in Minneapolis. As a result, however, Jimmy Jam Garvin and Michael P.S. Hayes end up getting beat here in Minnesota, if you will, however, at Russell Rock, however, and as a result, however, uh, the Road Warriors ended up uh, winning this matchup against the Freebirds. Your thoughts about this one? <laughs> Freebirds never made any enemies. You know. They really did. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. And there were some wars, folks. I'll tell you what, this was definitely a war. And, of course, the Road Warriors later on in 86, we know, would have one of the most infamous matches in history, the Night of the Skywalker match with the Midnight Express, of course, in Atlanta. That was very, very intense. And saw Jim Cornette drop 25 feet straight down, however, when he was hanging off the ledge, and unfortunately the big boss man, big Bubba Ray Taylor, whatever you want to call him, tried to catch Cornette, and Cornette blew out both his legs, if you will, and needed surgery because of that, however. Speaking of intention, John, this is another great one, however, a steel cage match at the Combo Extravaganza. Fritz Von Eric is your referee in this one. Two guys who knew each other all too well, however, that fought all over the world and then some. Bruiser Brody, of course, taking on the Butcher, Abdul the Butcher, that is. You talk oh, about the wars, yeah. however, these guys definitely... Let's talk about this one, however, as Bruiser ends up being the Butcher here, as well, the Butcher was led by Gary Hart. This one always seemed to be a very bloodthirsty uh, feud between these two. They fought all over the world and then some, including Puerto Rico and Japan. Your thoughts about Brody and Butcher? Oh, yeah. These two fought everywhere. And I, and I do believe that, that the Von Erics and the Freebirds were the feud the 80s. But there was but there was yes. anything more brutal but there was anything more brutal you I'd yes. put Breezer and Abdullah as the top ten in my list of the eighties. Oh no question, no question. Yes, no question, no question about it. Very good point indeed. Yes, I would have to agree with you there. Of course we saw what would happen. And had Breezer been alive in the nineties, I always wondered. Yeah. I always wondered what he and Dola could do to one, one another like they did in the 80s. Oh, no question. I think also it would have been interesting to see what Bruiser would have done with guys like, say, maybe uh, Sting or uh, other guys, too, you know. And we all know what happened to Bruiser tragically a few years after that. What was very heartbreaking to say, least, and we all know about Abdul. And also Hogan himself as well. I think Brody and Abdul both fought Hogan one time. I know Abby did in Japan. I remember watching a tape of him online that him and uh, Abby fought in Japan. Brody, I think, fought him early on in his uh, WWE career. Sometime uh, when uh, Hogan, sometime in like 1984, sometime in the middle of 84. But uh, I'm not sure about that. Hold on a second. I'll be right back. Okay. But dude, could you imagine Abdul? Versus Hogan in the WWF in 1986. My God. 
Okay, I'm back. Up next, another great match, Howard John, that we're going to talk about here uh, for the World's Tag Team House, even though it was not a title. The Brawl in St. Paul, as they called it, Howard. Believe it or not, it was, believe it or not. Playboy Buddy Rose and Doug Summers, Howard, pretty boy Doug Summers, with Sherry Martell taking on the Midnight Rockers. As a result, we saw a very interesting match, however, and as a result, however, the Rockers end up winning. Your thoughts about this one? Uh, match was okay. Yeah, I would agree. I would definitely agree with you there. No question about it. All right, sorry about that. Up next, of course, another great match here, ladies and gentlemen, this time from WrestleFest 88, if you will. Uh, we saw what happened, ladies and gentlemen, of course, at WrestleMania 3, however, but now they were fighting one another, however, in Milwaukee, if you will, at County Stadium, the home of the Brewers, if you will, at the time. It was Hulk Hogan, ladies and gentlemen, taking on Andre the Giant. As a result, this was July of 88, just a few weeks after what happened with Bruiser Brody and what was a very sad and heartbreaking tragedy in Puerto Rico, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, as Brody apparently was attacked and later died, however, at a show in Puerto Rico at the age of 34, however, by Jose Gonzalez. And, of course, Jose Gonzalez, as you know, some people know him as Invader Number 1, of course. As you know, he got off technically of uh, attempted, uh, basically murder in the first degree, however, by murdering Brody, however, by stabbing him with a knife, if you will, uh, that night, if you will, however, believe it or not. As a result, uh, which I think he's still guilty What's that? I said, which I think he's still guilty of. Oh, yeah, a lot of people to this day will say that with you, John. I mean, a lot of people would agree with you. I mean, a lot of people would definitely agree with you. I mean, it was, it was, he says it was in self-defense. I don't believe that for one minute, I don't think. I mean, I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, I'm not a lawyer. I don't pretend to be a lawyer, but we uh, <laughs> heard uh, different accounts of that whole story. But, uh, yeah, there was a lot of people said that Brody and him, apparently, I guess, I mean, if you saw that uh, Viceland documentary they had on Brody, I mean, Dutch Mantel talks about it exclusively, however, that at the time it happened, however, it was it's considered very heart, it was heartbreaking, to say the least. It was very uh, troubling also how what happened, and we all know what happened, uh, mind you, that night, but uh, very, very heartbreaking nevertheless, however. But anyway, getting back to uh, what we said, how Hogan and Andre, of course, mind you, however, uh, pick, uh, fight one another one more time in the steel cage this time. Hogan ends up picking up the win. Your thoughts about Hogan beating uh, Andre here in the cage in Milwaukee. Yeah, you have to remember this was the uh, this was their final one-on-one match with each other. Yes, that's very true. Yes, you're right because we would see what would happen less than a month later at SummerSlam. Of course, uh, sad to say, five years later we would lose Andre tragically and suddenly Howard due to a heart attack as he was uh, leaving his father's funeral. Yes, he was leaving the church from his father's uh, funeral, if you will, and collapsed, and as a result, had a heart attack right then and there on the stairwell, if you will. Of course, he was a very humble, unique, uh, special-type person. And, of course, as you know, Andre the Giant, of course, came out with that documentary, I believe, a couple years ago on HBO uh, that some people may have watched and some people have seen. If not, how you definitely owe it to yourself to check it out. He talks, there's a documentary that HBO did. Of course, they talked to Hogan, Ric Flair, uh, Jerry Lawler, a bunch of other people, and they talk about uh, the life and times of Andre the Giant. He was a very unique, humble guy, but also he was a very uh, moody-type guy, if you will, however, if you crossed him, however, and you never wanted to cross the big man, if you will, that was known as boss. Speaking of boss, ladies and gentlemen, of course, that leads us into our next uh, set of matches, however, as we start disc number two now. 
Uh, we go into this one. Ric Flair with Woman, however, in his early career, ladies and gentlemen, taking on Lex Luger from Capital Combat of 1990. This would be right before Ric Flair would take off and go to the WWE, however. As a result, however, Barry Windham, of course, shows up, however, after leaving the WWE, however, uh, and returns to WCW here, however, by basically, however, uh, basically finding a way, however, Attacks Luger for this, however, and as a result, Ric Flair ends up picking up the win, however, basically, however, Luger picks up the win by DQ because of uh, Barry Windham showing up here unexpectedly when no one saw him returning, however. Your thoughts about this one? There's no DQs in a damn steel cage match. Well, apparently in this one there was, however, but uh, you talk about a guy who always loved there's supposed to be no disqualification in Kane's match. Why? I don't know. This was at a time when I think when Jim Hurd was running the WCW along with Ole Anderson, and this was before Bill Watts' time, if you were running in the company. Uh, we know there was, uh, like I said, uh, this was, uh, like I said, uh, like I said, this was a very interesting thing, of course. There was rumor that Terry Funk, of course, would be the guest referee for this match, but unfortunately that was not the case. He did leave the company, however, a few weeks before this, however, and so they unfortunately could not get him, uh, they could not find a way to uh, try to reason with him and maybe bring him back for a one-off appearance, however, maybe, and try to get him back in the company, however, even though he had left the company a few weeks beforehand, however to return, however, for this just one special match, but he told WCW to go stick it in his words, however, among other things, however, let's just say. But uh, as a result, it was very interesting to see what would have happened here. Up next, another interesting match here from SummerSlam 1990 in Philadelphia. The Ultimate Warrior taking on Rick Rude with Bobby Heenan, however, and as a result, however, mind you, however, as a result, the Warrior, however, ends up winning here, however, and as a result, however, he would uh, end up uh, getting beat by the uh, Ultimate Warrior. Your thoughts about Warrior defeating Rick Rude is Rick Rude thought he was going to have the smarts along with Bobby the Brain Heen to beat the Warrior, but the Warrior outsmarted him here in the cage match in Philadelphia. Your thoughts about this one? Warrior was going to get away with it once in 1989, but 1990, uh-uh. Yes, indeed. And speaking of the Ultimate Warrior, the Warriors in our next cage match, John, another great one that happened the following January. This happened two days after uh, Randy Savage cost uh, the Warrior the title to Sergeant Sarr at the Rumble, however, believe it or not, however. As a result, Sean Mooney and a certain guy by the name of Bruce Pritchard, better known to his brother Love, if you will, is on commentary, calling the action, however, surprisingly. As a result, however, we saw, however, believe it or not, however, uh, the Macho King with Queen Sherry Martel, however, defeat the Warrior. This would set up a feud, of course, with the two of them that would culminate at WrestleMania 7 in the career versus title match, if you will, that saw the reunification of Randy Savage and Elizabeth a few months later. But at the time, the Macho King Randy Savage with Queen Sherry, however, was rolling with an iron fist in a not well-liked man, however, and a lot of people kind of really didn't like the way the Macho King came off, however, by shoving his uh, former wife and manager at the time, Miss Elizabeth, if you will, to the side in favor of Queen Sherry Martell. Your thoughts about Warrior and Savage here at the Garden from January of 91? Warrior and Savage have always put on some some great matches, I will say. Um, yes. No but problem. getting your point on Savage and Miss Elizabeth and Sherry, I don't think Savage would have stayed, would have been a heel from 1989 through 
through 91. See, I would have preferred Probably. him to stay, stay a baby face and still be with Elizabeth. Yes. Oh, still yeah. have that a, lot, a lot of people. Oh, yeah, a lot, a lot of people would agree with you there, John. I mean, a lot of people really didn't think Savage's uh, Macho King character was all that, and then some, some people liked it, some people had mixed emotions about it. Very good point indeed. Up next, another interesting match, talking about two former partners, now best friend, now bitter enemies, however. Shawn Michaels with Diesel, Kevin Nash taking on Marty Jannetty, however, from uh, White Plains, New York, however, in August of 1993. As a result, Shawn Michaels, however, ends up beating his former, uh, believe it or not, uh, rocker team here, Marty Jannetty. Of course, it's all that happened with Jannetty when he was placed last winter with the Barber Company earlier this year, I think the year before. As a result, Shawn, of course, is trying to become a cocky, arrogant heel more and more. And as a result, however, we saw what happened here, however. Surprisingly, however, we saw an interesting person, however, that was the referee in this, however, and that was, of course, the legendary manager known as the manager of champions, the man who always called it right down the middle, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, none other than Mr. Bill Alfonso, if you will, but nevertheless, however, Shawn Michaels picks up the win, however, with his friend Dick Diesel, however, Kevin Nash, uh, Big Daddy Cool, whatever you want to call him, and defeats Marty Jannetty here, his former Rocker teammate, in what was the beginning of the end, however, the Rockers split once and for all, and the beginning of the end of Marty Jannetty's in-ring career, Jannetty would start floundering more and more shortly thereafter, but uh, Shawn's career would start to go up more and more around this time. Your thoughts about HBK and Jannetty here in the cage from 93? Yes, it was the beginning of the end. And like I said, Howard, you talk about a very interesting uh, turn of events. Shawn Michaels, of course, would have some great matches in the years to come, including uh, Razor Ramon in WrestleMania 10 and SummerSlam 95. He would also have that great uh, Iron Man match with Brett in 96 at WrestleMania 12, while Marty Jannetty would start floundering a little bit and start sinking harder and harder by the day out of the Titanic, uh, both in the ring and out of the ring with his personal life. Howard, even though he's trying to get his life back on track now, it was a very dark time and would start to become a very moody time for him, if you will, as well. But speaking of two guys that know each other all too well, again, this is another great one, John, and I know you like this one. Mankind versus Triple H, however, from SummerSlam 97. Your thoughts about this one? That was definitely intense, to say the least, and as a result, Mankind ends up picking up the win against Triple H. Oh, man, this was when the whole Attitude Era began. But I remember yeah. this match where Mankind jumped off the cage with that elbow on Triple H. Yes, he uh, he actually later said Mick Foley did, however, in an interview, he was paying homage to his good friend Jimmy Superfly Snooker that night. And, of course, we would see uh, the beginning of DX, of course, shortly thereafter, however, and, of course, Shawn Michaels and uh, China and uh, Hunter become a faction, if you will. Mankind, of course, and Mick Foley was starting to come into his own, however, as the crazy, suicidal, homicidal madman of the WWE. I mean, we say that about Sabu and ECW, but he was all those things in WWE, too, referring to Mick Foley. I mean, here's a guy who was absolutely sadistically crazy as the very strange, perplexing mankind. He was also uh, nuts as ever, however, with the uh, barbed wire and all sorts of crazy tinker toys, however, whether it be uh, tables, ladders, chairs, whatever. I mean, he was always finding a way to up the ante as uh, the deranged mankind, and then, of course, he was also, actually, he was known as, excuse me, Cactus Jack, not Mankind. Mankind was uh, the very strange, perplexing, uh, very uh, whiny, I would say, but also very, uh, very, let's just say, alone, very uh, dangerous individual that was Mankind. And then, of course, he was everyone's favorite hippie dudester, if you will, the man who always liked to uh, spread peace and love everywhere as the dude, and that is Dude Bob. 
Then we got these two matches, Sean, to talk about as we close out this two. Our first one will be Mankind, excuse me, not Mankind, Triple H and The Rock from Rebellion, however, in October of 1999 in the U.K. As a result, however, believe it or not, however, uh, like I said, however, Triple H how ends up winning the match with the British Bulldog. Howard denies The Rock the victory here. Your thoughts about this one? The feud of the 90s, which I will say. Yes. Yes, yes, indeed. Very good point, indeed. And, of course, uh, this was uh, when the British Bulldog, of course, had just come back, I believe, from WCW. Of course, this was uh, his uh, main career, if you will, how that uh, would, of course, uh, deny the Rock. Of course, these two had had a great match the year before at Madison Square Garden at SummerSlam 98. Now, a ladder match, what a war that was. And this one, of course, as you said, was held in the U.K. in early October of 1999. In fact, this is the day before Vince Russo would pack up his stuff, believe it or not, and go to WCW, if you will, as this was one of his last appearances, however, right in for quite a long time now, I believe he actually flew over with his time here to uh, do some personal things, but well, we would see him actually show up in WCW just about three weeks later, however, as one of the new head writers in WCW afternoon with Vincent Mann for about several, about four or five years now, as a writer and also a magazine editor out for the magazine. He would take along with his good friend Ed Farrar, uh, his thoughts and head down south out of WCW, try to save WCW from getting beat by the day, but it's too little too late, and as a result, we don't believe all that happened shortly thereafter. Now, speaking of what happened in 1999, Howard, John, you remember this quite well, I'm sure. The Austin McMahon feud, Howard, that happened here, and we saw the big show, believe it or not, Howard, actually make his debut on this night, Howard, St. Valentine's Day Massacre. As a result, Vince McMahon, Howard, tried to, uh, have the last laugh on the Texas Rattlesnake, and despite the fact that Vince was cut and bleeding and everything like that, he still gave it his all, but in the end, he came up short, however. But the big show here, Paul White did make his debut, and as a result, he denied, however, Vince a chance to win and cost him the match. Your thoughts about this one between Austin and McMahon and the debut of the big show? Uh, that was a major impact with the big show interfering against Austin. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. I would agree there. All right, so now we're two discs in, ladies and gentlemen, and now we're going to go to the third and final disc and tell you what happened, ladies and gentlemen. So let's tell you what happened, however. As we start our first one, however, in disc three, it is the Hardys versus the Dudley Boys, however, in a title unification matchup from the Survivor Series 01. Uh, that being said, what a war this was. These four guys always would raise the bar along with Agent Christian. As a result, however, the Dudley Boys end up picking up the win here against the Hardys here in the Hardys' backyard. Your thoughts about this one, however, as they end up defeating the Hardys. They had the best rivalry tag team rivalry of all time, the Hardys versus the Dudleys and Edge and Christian, but Edge and Christian didn't compete with them, sadly. <laughs> yes. Yes, very good point indeed, Howard. Up next, another interesting match, however, to say the least, Howard. The Radar Superstar Edge taking on Chris Jericho from July of 2002, however, uh, as a result, Edge ends up winning, however. A fun fact here, there were only two cage matches in the year, and Edge competed in and won them both, defeating Kurt Angle and now Chris Jericho. Your thoughts about this one? Yeah, I guess you could say he was undefeated in these cage matches. Yes, indeed. Very good point, indeed. Very good point, indeed. Up next, talking about Edge, however, ladies and gentlemen, another great match with Edge. Matt take, Hardy taking on Edge. This time, Edge is with Lita, Matt Hardy's ex-girlfriend, and we saw the story that happened there, however, 
as a result, these two definitely uh, had a very interesting uh, match, to say the least. Your thoughts about Matt Hardy defeating Edge? <laughs> you really need me to say that story? Please. Um, yeah, I think it was a way to, to end this um, love triangle once and for all. Yes, indeed. Very good point, indeed. Good point there, John. Up next, another great cage match here involving Edge, this time taking on John Cena in October of 2006. As Edge and Lee were making fun of John Cena's new movie, The Marine, mocking him, and as a result, John Cena, well, let's just say, got a little bit aggressive here against Edge yet again. Your thoughts about Cena and Edge? You don't mock Cena's movie and get away with it. (laughs) Yes, no question about it. Very good point, indeed. Very, very good point, indeed, Howard. Up next, Howard, Batista taking I'm on sure Chris Jericho from been, November. And I'm, I'm sure sorry. if the roles had been reversed, and I'm sure if the roles had been reversed, Cena would have made fun of Edge's movie himself, too. Yeah, but you talk about a very intense feud. I mean, Edge had some great battles in the 2000 eras, Howard, whether it was in tag team with Christian, of course, who we'll talk about in just a few moments, Howard, or in singles competition. He was always... Uh, a hard-fought compare, no doubt about it. A multiple-time world champion, a multiple-time tag team champion, IC European, and I believe he held a hardcore title, I think, at one time, too, if I'm not mistaken. But speaking of uh, Chris Jericho, he is now taking on Batista here in November of 08 in the 800th episode of Raw as the main event, however. As a result, Jericho won the title for an unforgiving and lost the belt to Batista at Cyber Sunday after... Uh, as a result, Jericho tried to pick up the win here as a result, however, Jericho regains the world title, however, and as a result, defeats Batista. Your thoughts about this one? Batista and Jericho? Yes. Uh, okay, match. Very good point. Very good point, Dave. Thank you very much, John. Up next, another great uh, steel cage match, however. CM Punk versus Jeff Hardy, however, as this would be uh, CM Punk's, uh, mind you, Jeff Hardy's, however, last few for quite a while, however. As a result, uh, we saw what happened, however, as Punk picks up the win against Jeff Hardy. Uh, yeah, this would be Jeff Hardy's last match, as you know. Yes, for some time, yes. Mm-hmm. Up next, another good, another great match. Randy Orton versus Ric Flair in the steel cage. However, and as a result, however, Randy Orton defeats his uh, teacher, Ric Flair, here at Taboo Tuesday. Another good, good cage match. Indeed. And then, ladies and gentlemen, our final cage match: are Chris Jericho versus Christian with Chris Stratus and Tyson Tomko. Christian, known as the creepy little bastard at the time, however, had Chris Stratus join him. However, after Chris Stratus who was apparently with Chris Jericho and friends with both Chris Jericho and uh, Christian, somehow betrayed Chris Jericho at WrestleMania, and as a result, Chris Jericho also realized that Christian had a bodyguard with him, however, at the time, Tyson Tomko. Your thoughts about this one between Jericho and Christian, however, that saw, believe it or not, however, Christian, however, mind you, ends up losing to Chris Jericho. Uh, this was a bit of a between these two because you... I understand there's a woman in this, too. Chris Stratus. <laughs> Yo. JD? Can you hear me, boy? Hello? 
Hello? Maybe. All right, I'm back. Sorry about that, John. What are we saying now? Jericho and Christian, good cage match. And this rivalry all began with Trish Stratus being yes, indeed. third wheel. Because yes, many no question about that. Jericho used Trish, but came back to bit him in the end. Yes, no question about it. Well, there you have it, folks. Our thoughts about the steel cage match, however. DVD on a scale of 1 to 10, however, what would you rate this DVD? I'm giving this an 8. 8. Giving it an 8, too? Okay. Well, there you go, folks. Those are our thoughts. All right. Well, you take care, and I'll see you at 9 o'clock. All right. I'll take us home, then, while you're doing that. All right, the Human Suplex Machine right. now leaving us, ladies and gentlemen. We do want to thank uh, him for joining us on the line tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Let's give you the number one more time, one 605 This is episode 197 for Tuesday night, December the 10th, 2019, the Iceman here. And we do want to thank the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross, for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. As always, ladies and gentlemen, of course, he will be back with us at 9 o'clock for the Histories and Dates Tower. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, you can hear him also on FacebookLive.com every Monday night after Monday Night Raw under GROHS at FacebookLive.com. Also check out his Facebook page, John Gross Wrestling and Sports Incorporated on Facebook.com. Before we go, ladies and gentlemen, we also want to say uh, hello to all of our friends at the Hop House, including Dayton, Missy, and Jen, as well as Casey, the bartender. The Iceman says hello to all of you ladies, how along with the Barfly regulars, including Pat, Georgie, Jason, Brian, Brad, Matt, and company, however as well as Maureen and company. The Iceman says hello to all of you guys as well, and we'll see you guys. We will definitely see you guys this weekend at some point. Folks, uh, anyway, that being said, I do want to thank all of you for joining us this evening, ladies and gentlemen. However, uh, like I said, how we had a lot to talk about tonight, ladies and gentlemen. However, we hope you enjoyed our show, Howard, and we definitely uh, had a lot of fun uh, bringing it to you, ladies and gentlemen, Howard. So we will definitely be talking to you again next week, ladies and gentlemen, episode number 198. Again, as of now, we are supposed to hit 200, possibly, maybe, possibly, maybe, New Year's Eve. But right now, nothing's been confirmed yet. But, folks, we will talk to you again at, like I said, like I said, however, like I said, how. Huh? I guess I'm just trying to, like I said here, okay. Just give me a second here, folks. Okay, there we go. Sorry about that, folks. Anyway, folks, uh, as I said, we will talk to you again at 9 o'clock, ladies and gentlemen, however, with more action, however, from uh, last night's Raw and also get you set up for TLC with Mr. WCW, GTS, and I will have the news headlines for you, and John will supply the birthdays and dates as well. Folks, thank you so very much for joining us here tonight. We will talk to you again next week at our same time, same location with another great moment. So for now, for the Human Suplex Machine, this is the Iceman saying so long from inside from episode 197. And as we take you out tonight, how we played a little Neil Bryan for you at the beginning of the show, how Brothers Love Salvation Salvation Show, I can't even say it, I'm tongue-tied there. That was some, of course, happened 50 years ago. This is another one of Neil Diamond's greatest hits. This is from the legendary movie, The Jazz Singer, that started Lucy Arnaz Howard back in 1980. And ladies and gentlemen, as we take you out tonight, how we're going to play a song from the movie, The Jazz Singer, that started Neil Diamond and also Lucy Arnaz, along with the late, great Sir Lawrence Olivier. And ladies and gentlemen, it is Neil Diamond singing Songs of Life from The Jazz Singer, ladies and gentlemen. So we hope you enjoy this song. We will talk to you again at 9 p.m. 
So for now, this is the Iceman saying so long from ringside, and we'll talk to you soon. And now, here is Songs of Life from the Jazz Singer, 1980s. We say goodnight to you from episode 197. Songs of life, they ring from quiet steeples to distant valleys along the hillsides of lovers' hearts, of lovers' hearts. Come sing your songs of life They will keep you From ever wanting From ever needing Forevermore Forevermore See you next week, gang. Have a good rest of the week.